3: Happy August kids Glad you could uh spend some time with us today. Uh, I am me. You would be you uh welcome to just a game. We are live in the oodle noodle studio. want to thank them for their partnership. Um, we have a real I think a really neat show today um, because it's my show, so I get to call my shows neat um and it's it's not for a broad audience. This is not going to be. Craig Conroy numbers, but very few things will be. Um, but this is a show that I think is uniquely Calgarian, uh, proudly Calgarian, and carrying on a legacy in Calgary. Uh, and I'll get to that in a second. Um a pox on the house of the province. Uh didn't even allow the Commonwealth games to get their feet underneath them, pulled the support yesterday. Uh, we had uh, David Leg on a couple of weeks ago. Um, criticized the sport and tourism minister last week for uh, su- suggesting that uh, um, you know we have to have plebiscites every time we want to bring an international event and have to spend money there. That's a, that's a picture, by the way, uh, taken in 1978 of a facility that is still being used today. Uh, not in this city, God no, God no, not in this city. That's up in Edmonton. That's uh, that's Commonwealth Stadium. Uh, my criticism remains that. Uh, we, as a province, as a city, uh, need to support Dreamers. Um, I thought, I, I just, again, I have very little interest and very little time debating the merits of what the province did. Um, and this isn't a party thing. This isn't anything. It, it doesn't matter. if It could have been, you know, the rhino party in charge. And if you're telling me that we've got to have a plebiscite every time we're going to spend money to bring international competition to our city and and our province, then, you know, beat it here. You're, you're hiding and you're cowering from the wrong things. We need to be open. We need to be, we need to be welcoming to the rest of the world. And we are in many, many, many cases. So how does that tie to today's show? Well, I'm glad you asked. Thank you for doing that. It ties today's show very simply. Um, 1988, You know, just like our friends up north, City of Champions, we tie ourselves to 1988, as we should. 1988 was the new bar for international competition. It was a new bar for the Olympics. It was a new bar for getting out and and being proud of your city and supporting your city by volunteering. And Calgary remains a incredible volunteer city. Uh, We are not here today to be critical of it. We are not here today to uh, be anything other than celebrate it because we know that uh, many, many, many in our, in our fine town love to be giving of their time, love to be of service. Uh, I am always impressed by the number of young people nowadays that automatically want to be of service. I am always, always so grateful to those who have retired from work, who are older in their lives, more wise, who continue to give back. All of us in the middle continue to give back. So today... We could rename the program Friends of Rob. I won't lie to you. Uh, I've got connections and love for each and every one of these uh, groups that we're bringing on. But I want to present six opportunities. And more than that, actually. I want to present six groups with opportunities. Uh, for you, for your kids, for your neighbors, for your teams, for your businesses. This isn't about raising money today. This is about raising human capital about volunteers about getting out giving some hours so we're very excited that we've got built the lineup that we have today um so with that said we will kick it off because i want to give a little extra room to our first guest because we want to talk about something that's uh, mutually appealing to both of us and also um it's well again it it really hits home with this particular topic uh our first guest brought to you by ski seller snowboard ski Snowboard.com. uh 76 years in calgary guess what they're going to open at the end of the month they're going to open at the end of the month and i've seen a little bit of uh what <laughs> it, you're going to want to be there uh check them out skisellersnowboard.com. uh we kick it off today with our dear friend he's been on the show before he is executive director of heroes hockey um, which is also has an offshoot uh, called Superheroes, which I'm particularly proud of. Um, and also, we'll be traveling to Ireland next week to uh, participate with uh, Heroes Hockey over there. Kevin Hodgson joins us. And uh, Kevin, I do want to, you know, we'll get into Heroes and, and how people can get involved. But before we do that, you and I have a mutual friend who made a very significant announcement this week. Um uh, Sven Berchi, first overall pick, or first round pick of the Calgary flames back in, I believe 2011, yep. um, ha- had a, a nice career in the national hockey league, a nice career as a pro. Um, I know that it's easy to look back and go, what ifs and couldas and shouldas and all of that sort of stuff with Sven. Uh, but we wanted to take a, a moment, some opportunity today to just talk about the Sven that maybe some people didn't see or didn't know.
2: Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> you and I both know we get to see, we get to see these NHL players be individuals and be humans and be kind people. And I'll tell you what hockey is, hockey is going to miss this young man. And, uh, not many guys did it better than him. I got a lot of love for this. I call him a kid. I met him when he was 18 (laughs) He's 30. I guess I'm 50. So he's still a kid, but I got a lot of love for his kid. I mean, I got his Jersey right here, you know, from Switzerland. He's, uh, I met him. I met him first day he turned up at Flames Development Camp. And uh, he did so many incredible things for our community, so many things for the community in Calgary, Vancouver, Portland, where he lives. Um this this is this is the guy that we want all of our hockey players to grow up to be. And uh ho- hockey's gonna miss him. They really are. Um, and and like so many great guys, nobody even really knows what he did. He did it quietly. He never did it for anybody else. He did it because of it the right thing, and I think that's you know. Sometimes you got to pump the tires of the guys who want to hide in the background, and that's fun.
3: Let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, I I can certainly uh, promote the fact that he was one of the first Flames players to come to our development camp for kids who never got to go to hockey schools. The ones that we put on, uh, you know, with all of our friends in the media and, and the hockey community, a volunteer camp that very, very proud of, and you were a huge part of. We had heroes kids at it. But Spen was one of the first players, uh, along with Michael Backlund, I believe Black, Backlund the first year, Bertie the second year, came and, and signed autographs and met and greeted greeted the kids. So for there, I'm forever in debt for just that.
2: Yeah, well, and you know, I think sometimes you look at these guys and you see they're connected to charities and, and charities like ours, we're always trying to get connected to good people. Um, but it's not because of what they do on the ice. It's because of what we come to know off the ice. And I'll tell you tell you a little story about when I first met Sven and why I fell in love with this kid. Um, outside of heroes, outside of you know my professional career, I had this very little part-time job where I worked as the very little man on the totem pole with the Flames equipment staff. I was the helper to the helper, to the assistant equipment guy. I was not an equipment guy, just a helper. And I did it because it was a break from social work and a just a chance to do something different. So we're doing development camp up at Don Hartman there and this new draft pick shows up and everybody had been talking about him and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And he goes on the ice and you remember those development camps and some guys are going all out. Some guys are going through the mode and it depends a bit if you've been there before and yep. all that stuff. Um, but there's this young kid, 18 years old, all out. I mean, I guess we're on a podcast. so I can say balls to the wall. I mean,
3: absolutely. You can. Fully sorry,
2: invested- Ty. Yeah. Sorry, Ty, buddy. All in, like just given everything that he got. Ice time ends, the guys kind of trickle off, and then the coaches leave. One of the coaches says to me, said, we heard from Portland, this kid will stay on the ice until the rink guy yells at him. We're going to be here all week. We can't have the rink guy yelling. Your job is to get him off just before the rink guy yells. I'm like, okay. So all these players leave. Sven goes, Sven's down at the far end of the rink, so he couldn't be farther from me. He knows what's going on. He knows I'm there to get him off the ice. And he's working on stuff, right? Like edge work and puck, like all sorts of stuff. And on that first day, I'm like, what is he doing? Second day, I realized he's working on the stuff that hadn't gone well in the drills. I remember Clear's Day one time, Lance Boma stepped in front of him, knocked a puck out of midair, and went the other way. So Sven is shooting pucks off the boards and working on knocking them down, like this yep. kind of stuff. Yep. But the kid won't make eye contact with him because he knows if I we make eye contact, I'd tell him he's got to come off. So I start, he's, work, he's down the other end, so I start throwing pucks down. So I'm hoping it'll distract him and he'll, break he will make eye contact then the rink guy looks over at me he gives me one of these so i know i got about five seconds before this guy all of us that have been in rinks know what yep. it looks like when, absolutely well, the rink guys good and then the rink guys bad right so <laughs> Ben makes a mistake in eye contact and i wave him and i go it's done let's go so he comes over and he goes did somebody tell you to kick me off and i said your reputation precedes you young man i said how about this whenever i rattle the gate that means it's time to go i'll give you all the time in the world when the gate gets riled, you come off. That's what we did the rest of the week. But I, what, what you fall in love with is the person who's devoted to his craft, but the coaches had left, the GMs had left the suite. Nobody was watching them. You know, it's, it's that adage of winners, you know, winners yep. win when nobody's looking, they just go to the games to pick up the accolades, right? This was a kid who was dedicated to being the best that he could, not because anybody was watching, but because it was the right thing to do. And from that day forward, Um, we, we just kind of, and Sven and I were talking the other day and he brought that story up. He still remembers that, but from that day forward, he has been a part of the heroes community and he has done things for kids that, that, you know, nobody knows he does. We ask him for just come for a visit and he does so much more. He's -hmm. raised money. Like you could go on and on, but the, the mark of the character of that guy, and you know, one more, you know, I think shows the character of this guy. He's playing for Vancouver. He's here playing on a Saturday night. I'm at the airport Sunday morning and I go, I, I go through security and there's Sven sitting on the other side of security while they're looking through his bag. And he looks like he looks bad. He looks bad. So I go to him I go, Holy smokes. I didn't expect to see you here. Cause the Canucks flew out. I would assume after the flames game, this was after I'd stopped working down there and uh, he can't talk. He's, he's got a jaw injury. His jaw, his jaw wasn't broken, but it was misaligned. It's like totally out of alignment. So like totally opposite sides of your mouth. It, Yep. Look, gross, all that he couldn't talk, and I, and I said, "Let's go have some breakfast." I had some lounge passes. We went in the lounge, and I watched him cut fruit in the little tiny pieces and drink yogurt through a straw. And I'm like, "What are you doing?" He goes, "I came to the airport early. I want to get on a flight and get home because the sooner I can get home and see the doctor, the sooner I might get cleared and I can get back to working out because I want to. I want to be back with the boys. Easy thing to to do would take his time, you know. And this yep. kid was was doing that." And he did everything that way. He did it all the right way. He did it all because of what it meant to other people. He did it all because he understood that he had these own personal values that were important to him. And, and, you know, we're going to talk about volunteering. We're looking for people who live their values. We're looking for people who are genuine. You know, the world needs more people like that. And that is who that young man was from the day I met when he was 18. And I know it was like that when he was a mm-hmm. for. and And to this day, yesterday he goes, you know, I can still help out with Heroes, you know. I actually have more time now. And I said, oh, we're not done with you. Like, he's he's trying to figure out how in Portland he can help Heroes kids in Canada get connected to the game. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's not showing up at rinks across the country, because that's just the guy he is.
3: Do you mind telling the story about the hospital visit?
2: Oh, yeah. So Vancouver, so he, by this time, he was playing in Vancouver. We had this young man named Kane. And Kane's life up to this point was hard enough as it was you could have made a movie about it. And then Kane was about 12, 13 years old and out of the blue, he has a, he has a massive stroke. Um, and nobody could figure out what was going on. And, it, and it's, it's changed Kane's life to this day. Um, and he had met Sven before and Sven had read books with him. Like he had done all this big brother stuff, cousin, yep. you know, uncle stuff. Yep. Like, so we text Sven and just say, Hey, are you in Vancouver? Cause it was, I think it was, I think it was just before training camp and guys come back at different times or whatever. Maybe it was end of season, whatever. Anyways, it was not a time he should have been in the city, but he was. We said, Kane had this stroke. He's in the hospital. It would sure mean a lot if you just pop by for a visit, but we prefaced him. He might not know who you are. Like, mm-hmm. and we said, we're just like 15, 20 minutes of your time, Sven. 12 hours later, he's still there. And he sat with a rolled up sock. It still gets me. A rolled up sock. They turned into a ball. And they played catch back and forth and for like 10 hours. And Sven yeah. talked to him the whole time. He brought jerseys, he brought pictures, like all this kind of stuff. And Kane wasn't really tuned in that this was Sven, but when he saw the pictures, he made the association that he knew this guy. And and Sven stayed, and then he said, I'll be back tomorrow. And he came back tomorrow. And then he said, I'll be back tomorrow. Like he came yeah. kept coming back. And the nurses, you know, at the hospital knew who he was. And they like they realized really quickly this wasn't an organized team visit, this was a young man doing right by another young. And Sven was in his what mid twenties then, mm-hmm. and and he grasped it. And that was before he was a father, but you could see the father he was going to become from that moment. And uh, you know it uh, it was it was massive. It was one of those things that doctors say something happened. In this kid's recovery. Sven's or uh, Kane's not back to himself, but Kane things changed in his recovery for that. And it was because his buddy was there. Right. And unasked, like just cause it was the right thing to do.
3: Yeah. I, I, I will always have a special part, spark or part in my heart for that kid. Uh, I'm not supposed to, like I, I get it. And, and I'm not taking a shot. I, I, you know, Ryan Pike and the nation network guys have, have written posts about him and look at him from a hockey standpoint. That, that doesn't matter to me. That kid's a winner.
2: Like absolutely has always been a winner. The easy thing is for guys like you and me to sit back and poke holes at how well guys play hockey. We mm-hmm. should be celebrating you know, yes. this the, the women yes. hockey players, Absolutely. all these women, pro players, these university players,
3: <sighs> whatever. Well, tell, tell, I mean, okay. But talk about Emily Clark then and talk about what, what we delivered yesterday. Right. I mean, in that same regard, because that's going to lead us right into what we're going to talk about. Right.
2: So we, we met Emily Clark five, six years ago uh, when she was 18, 19 years old, the national team. And, and lots of times you have people say, Hey, like, I'd love to help out. Here's my contact information. And, and their intentions are good, but sometimes it's hard. You know, they move to a different city or they get mm-hmm. busier or they get a new relationship. So not everybody follows through. Emily followed through right from day one when she's you speak about a young person again, who gets it. Yeah. And, and through the course of her time with us coming on the ice and doing stuff, COVID hits, we do a zoom call and she meets one of our, our players, Naya, who's a superheroes player up in Edmonton lives with autism. And, and there's lots of challenges there for was us. not talking when she started with us. Correct. Was, was, was when we met her, she, she, um, she fit that definition. Lots of people have of autism that, mm-hmm. you know, they don't, they, they can't look in the eye. They're not going to communicate social awkward, all that kind of stuff. Yep. So yeah, that was the player we met at the rink COVID comes we, we go to these online things, and everybody told us, you're not going to be able to take special needs kids and do online stuff. 250 yeah. sessions later, of which you facilitated 240 <laughs> yeah. of. I think yeah. we proved that wasn't right. But yeah. Naya came out of her shell. We started to hear her voice, and what emerged was she would go last, and she would always – and when we'd be with all these NHL players, we had NHL players, major league players, movie stuntmen, all, all these super cool – It guys. was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. Super cool guys and girls. I have, I have absolutely the you know, like, old cool hockey language comes out. Matt Kachuk
3: um, was there's many flames in there, just yeah. for people to know.
2: Uh, like you name it, it feels like we had them, right? And yep. Barry Trotz, like all these anyways. It just sort of morphed that Naya asked the last question. And none of our kids asked hockey questions except for one. One player asked every player their plus minus. Logan. Yep. Yep. And I had to I had
3: to have homework. I had homework for every Because right. No
2: players do it, right? Remember that? That's right. No, ever. no, none of the players Wait. do it. And it was a kid, it was a guy with a really bad plus minus, anyways. Yeah. So Morrison, so Naya would ask questions, and and Naya was always she would ask the question that she wanted to be asked. So it was an insight into her world and how she was thinking. You know, she asked Mitch Marner about you know the animal he'd like to be able to talk to, and he said, Cheetah, I know you go so fast. Yeah. And then he asked her, she goes a narwhal because no one knows why narwhals have horns but a narwhal, narwhal knows. And I want to ask a narwhal, like this is how she works and operates. Absolutely, so I, I forget the question she asked Emily, but it led to a story that Emily, from when she was 12 years old, posted on the wall. Her goal was to play in the Olympics and all the steps and all the people she needed to support along the way. And she'd see it every time she turned the light on and off. So it led to this story that was really empowering for our kids. But, but you watched this friendship build between the two of them. And since then, like, Emily's there for all of our kids, but then, then we talk about Naya and then we do things for Naya. So yesterday you and I were up in Edmonton Mm -hmm. superheroes. I had to deliver gifts from Emily to Naya and not surprisingly, then I now have to deliver gifts from Naya to Emily. Like they exchange gifts all the time. Um, Naya made flowered headbands for Emily and all of her teammates to wear in the bubble world championships. And that was, you know, all these teams have their call to action and their team thing. They wore their flowered headbands after every game and after they won. And they, the players were sending pictures to Naya with their medals and these flower, Like when it, you know, and it Emily and Sven are volunteers first and their hockey players second. Like none of none of the special stuff they did happened because of how great they are at hockey. Yeah. It's because of how great they are as people. Yeah. And this is what volunteering does and brings out, you know, volunteers make guys like me look good. Right. Like we create the programs, but the volunteers create the magic and they go and do these things with these kids that change lives. I I had it happen again yesterday. You don't even know this. You know, I got an email from one of the young men, you know, connected to Hitman players that live in Edmonton, skate with our kids. I made a connection with a kid now who he's never connected with anybody, but for some reason he fell in love with him. So volunteers have the ability. I think in the old days, the idea was volunteers needed to come and change the world we need volunteers to come and change one person's world. If everybody changes one person's world, we change the world and volunteers can have a major, major impact if they want to. And all they have to do is bring them their genuine self. And I think Sven and Emily illustrate that, but guy or girl off the street who aren't high level hockey players can have the same, if not greater impact.
3: We have, and we can go down the list, but um, we have so many. So let's, let's take a moment. Can you, break down heroes and the different programs and, and and what you offer
2: so heroes is 25 years old uh, as an organization um we've got programs all across canada from victoria bc out to to montreal and on the hero side of things these are the kids with with significant barriers to playing hockey so finances are a major barrier 95% of our players their families identify the basic needs on an ongoing basis as a challenge. So when that's the world you live in, registration for sport, that's the, the last priority. Um, but it's also kids with additional barriers, other things get in the way. The analogy I always give is somebody could tell me I'll pay for all of your kids registration so they can go play community hockey. And I would probably only lose three players because our players are dealing with, they don't have access to transportation and the idea of a kid riding a bus to hockey each way an hour and a half looks really great in a Tom Cochran video, but it's not reality. It's not going to happen. Um, these are families who parents have to choose between going to the feed, food bank to pick up their food and, and bring their kids to the rink, like all these things. So we want to make it easy as possible. So we pick the kids up after school with with buses and taxis drive them to the rink. They have their ice time, their equipment's there waiting for them. We feed them and then we transport them back home. We it's the, as, make it as easy as possible and barrier-free as possible. Now, no aspirations to turn them into a high-level hockey player. They will never take Emily Clark's spot on the bench. This is about using the sport to remove barriers to sport. That get, then we can work with them to remove other barriers to be successful off the ice. They come in when they're in grade four. They stay as long as they want. So I always say, to coaches, you know, that, you know, when, when you're coaching and you say, man, I wish I could coach this kid for six or seven years, or man, I wish I could, I could help this kid with his homework. I just know it's there. Like, and every coach has that. They've seen that kid where they go, man, if I could just, man, if I could just, yep. this is the world of man, if I could just, because I meet kids when they're 10 years of old, 10 years of age. And all of our volunteers do when you get invited to that high school graduation, and they're the first person in their family to graduate, or you had a teacher tell you this kid will never do it. I get 10 more years out of our volunteers when they have that experience. It's it's people who are willing to play the long game and it's people who realize the way we way we move mountains with kids is through a relationship. Kids will go through a wall for you if you build a relationship with them. And so the way you do that is by spending time, you invest multiple years and you're there for them every week. We, you know, we're not a place where volunteers can come once a month, to be honest with you. If you can come every week, there's a space for you because you're going to have a real impact to kids and they're going to look to you. So that's the hero side. The superhero side is is similar in spirit, but it's for kids that live with disabilities, and that's where Naya comes from. You know, not all not all disabilities are visible. Autism is a non visible dis, uh, disability, but lots of kids, range of disabilities, you name it. We've seen so many. Um, they need a place to play. We have to adapt the game for them, and so we provide that space. And we need coaches with big hearts and patients mm-hmm. who are going to be there to learn but that kid needs to be successful and what that kid needs to be able to, to have sport be a part of their life because on the superhero side, they never have to leave. We got players who started with us, you know, as teenagers, they're adults now, and they could be 40 still playing because there isn't a place to play. We're creating a space that otherwise doesn't exist. And the only way we can do that is with volunteers.
3: That don't need to be high-end players. I never played higher than D level. And no. you, you you don't even need to skate. We, we can use you off the ice, Kev.
2: We, well, so if a team of 13 players playing U13AA needs a, a team manager who kind of, you know, often functions as a team mom or a team dad, imagine what 50 kids need, right? So yeah. we, we, we do. We have some volunteers who have learned to skate from our Heroes mm-hmm. players, mm-hmm. but they're there to make sure that all the stuff that gets in the way isn't causing them any stress on the ice. A kid has a tough day. They need somebody to talk to. We need somebody there. So we've got spaces for retired hockey moms and hockey dads, and we've got spaces for hockey grandmas. You know, we've got in one city, we've got a grandma who cut bakes, serves them snacks. She wants to make sure they have full bellies when they go home. Yep. Brilliant. Right. And no better way to build a relationship with a kid than when you break bread with them. Right. Um, no, you don't have, we've got high level coaches. I mean, our superhero oh, sure. coach, coaches, U 15 AAA. he's as good as it gets but really? you don't need that. You don't no. like my analogy is you can, you can teach a good person how to run a drill. You can't teach an inpatient hockey coach how to be patient. That's just well, the reality.
3: Tell tell the story.
2: Okay. Oh, that was a hero story. That wasn't
3: even a superhero story. Though. Yeah.
2: So we get this volunteer. He's coached triple A hockey for a long time and he's, he's decided he's had enough. The game's changed too much. The athletes have changed too much. So he's going to give his time to us. And we we think this is great. First ice time. Remember that, you know, 90% of our kids had never skated before. Blows the whistle and says, everybody to the red line. You know, big hockey coach voice. And uh, two minutes goes by. Three minutes go by. Four minutes go by. The kids are scattered all over the ice. Some of them are on their hands and knees because they can't stand, you know, and this kind of stuff. And he looks at me and goes, these kids aren't listening, Gav. And I said, they're listening. Look where they are. Every kid was on a red line. It was a hash the whole mark. Whole line, up. a hash line. mark. And he looks at me and goes, I don't think this is going to work. I said, no problem. All good. Yeah. Like, yeah. just, it didn't mean he's a bad person. No, it just means no, we're no, not no, no, shit, no. Right. No. But the kids listened. And so, you know, so our kids, it takes a few sessions to learn that when we, red line, center line, like, but that's we, we go to where they are as opposed to expect them to come to us in the Correct. start. That's removing barriers. That's inclusion. Correct. That's accessibility. And so it's, it's really that simple. So we we you know our 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 greatest volunteers often are the ones who go. Oh, I have kids and I just I never really played, so I don't really feel like I could coach, but I'd sure love to. Or you know, or I was an assistant coach with my kid one year, and he told me you know he didn't want me to hmm. coach. Or and we have we have female coaches. We've got university players, like everything. But if you believe that it's fun to put kids in spaces that they want to be and allow you to build a relationship and make a difference in their life, then there's a space for you in an organization like ours. Because we're not measuring our success by whether they how well they play. We're measuring, our you know, I've got 18-year-old kids. I still tie their skates. The hockey answer is you're old enough to do that. Our answer is they're they're asking for three minutes of our time one-to-one. You can learn a lot in three minutes when you tie a kid's skate that can change their lives. And so we just want people who want to spend time with kids, and you get to do it around something fun. You get to do it around being on the ice, skating, playing hockey, eating, doing their homework, whatever that is. So, what's uh, give me the call
3: to action here? How if somebody's listening to this today and, and wants to learn more, wants to get involved, how do they
2: how do they go about it? Yep. Yeah. So easiest way if they want to go about it, um, go on our website. That page you you list there. So we've got a volunteer tab on our on our website, and you know th- this will give you a sense of the type of organization we are. When you do that, the person you will interact with. Is, is going to actually be living in Sweden. And her name is Tatum Amy. And she volunteered for us for Tatum a long time. Amy?
3: Tatum, Tatum Amy. Amy? You mean Tatum Amy that was on this show? You yeah. uh, sports player yeah. of the
2: year? Maybe I'm breaking news, but she's okay. she's going to play over in Europe. And oh. she said, like, how can I stay involved? What can I do from Sweden that's going to help heroes? And I said, well, the person that, the volunteer we had looking after our volunteer th- stuff has decided this is the time in her life to get married. And something's got to come off the... The schedule. How so dare why take, she? How dare she exactly? <laughs> who happens to be the daughter of a longtime heroes volunteer. <laughs> Tatum's going to take that over. So Tatum will walk you through what we need from you. Tatum has volunteered at heroes, volunteered at superheroes. Tatum knows who the kids are like, and Tatum will lead you through the volunteer process. That's the easiest way. And it's so genuine because it's somebody who cares enough about our organization. that's trying to figure out how in Sweden to do it as she plays with another teammate. Who used to play at Mount Royal? He used to volunteer at Heroes, right? Like it reminds you how small the world is. But you know, it, it's one of those things we don't have a list of who we need or what jobs we need filled. What we need is is great people. Our youngest volunteers are eighteen years of age because you have to be an adult to volunteer. I I get people who reach out and say, "My eleven-year-old would love to help out," and unfortunately, we're not that space. Yep. There's yep. you know, there's liability and stuff like that. Yep. But our youngest is eighteen. Our oldest is seventy-three years old. We have every career you could imagine. Um, you know, if you're thinking about going to med school for some reason, I've done 16 med school references and 12 law school ones and every one of them has got them. So I'm just saying, right. There's, I just, uh, it seems to be something. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but we also have, we have volunteers who come to work in their work boots, you know, like it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what you do. It's what you want to bring. And so you come to us say, I'm a good person who believes that people, with barriers to sport, need a place to play it, and kids need people to believe in them, we can find a place for you. Our big ass though, we need you every week from the last week of September to the last week of March. Yep. If you if you, can, if you can only come occasionally, there are other places, and some yep. of the places that you're going to profile, Rob, might be a yep. great fit for them. Yep. There's lots of places, and, and there's a place for you to give back, and that is just as important. What, it's okay. What, what we need. Yep, it, it's totally okay. But what our kids need is to get to know you as you get to know them and they need that consistency because consistency equals safety. And when a kid feels safe, then they will take risk. And we we want them to take risks to believe in themselves. Thank you. We will, uh,
3: we put up the information. We will continue to promote the information. Um, I, I, I said it last night. I, you can give me, you can call me King. You can call me president. You can call me, you know, whatever you want, the, the regent from Spain, but the greatest gift I've ever been given is being called coach Rob. And, and when Naya, I'm, Really, I haven't seen Naya since COVID, and except on the Zoom calls, and she comes over and hugs you. It's a special, special moment. It just yeah. it is. AJ, Love. we're going to talk about AJ, who's now one of our best ambassadors for another group. I mean, it's a pretty yeah. special group, Kev.
2: Yep, absolutely, and a great group of people you got on here. I know all yep. of them; they're all fabulous. Thank you for profiling them, but please say hi to all of them for me and uh, to everybody who's listening. This is this is how you change the world. You start with one kid at a time. You're the best. Thanks, buddy. Take care.
3: Kevin Hodgson, executive director of Heroes Hockey and Superheroes. One option. One op but don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. We continue. Our next guest brought to you by Ski Cellar Snowboard. Ski com. 76 years in Calgary. As I mentioned, they're going to be open up at the end of this uh, end of the summer. At the end of this month, actually, which is pretty much the end of summer. And then then we get into uh then then we get into the f- well, the fun months, right? The winter months. That's when you can ski and snowboard. Um, speaking of friends, uh, I have to bring in my best friend now, uh, M- Melissa David, who is the executive director, the originator, the person behind the force, the, the, the nonstop superhero in the world of pet care and uh, parachutes for pets, which is today the only non-technically the only non-sports um, uh, entity. But that's not entirely true because I found out about them through Michael Backlund, who uh, became an ambassador. Melissa, thank you for doing this. How are you?
0: I'm good. How are you doing?
3: I am good. Um, Awesome. Tell us a little bit about Parachutes for Pets. I want to know how it started and then tell me how Michael came on your radar or you came on his radar.
0: Absolutely. So Parachutes for Pets started uh, one day in my lunch break in March of 2019. Um, I have. A, I was working for the RCMP in law enforcement, was very, very aware of the gaps in society when it came to pet care. Uh, we would get tons of calls where we could, you know, provide a lot of resources for the humans. Didn't have a lot of opportunities to help the pets. So pets were being left behind um, in in crisis situations, which wasn't good for the pet or the guardian. Um, One day I was just having having my lunch and I heard another story about a local pet store in Calgary. Somebody had abandoned their pet there, obviously looking for help to abandon it in a public place. But it was just a bit a bit too late. Um, Pet had to be euthanized, had some medical issues. I've always been a huge animal lover and volunteer, so I was uh, starting to look around to see where I could volunteer to help help people keep their pets and keep families together and found out there really wasn't anywhere. So I thought, well, somebody needs to do something and maybe I'm not someone. So Parachutes for Pets was created.
3: And, and then and COVID then hit.
0: COVID hit. And uh, so we went from doing, you know, 37 hampers. Uh, to over 600 requests and so it was like oh wow okay we have to get some volunteers and we have to get going here Um, and uh, met the lovely lovely Backland family Uh, our first COVID Christmas we started getting uh, organizations referring to us as well as children coming straight to us asking for things for their pet for Christmas Uh, they were saying hey you know I don't need Santa this year but my dog needs a coat because we're about to become unhoused and uh I have a coat my dog doesn't it's going to be cold our hearts were broken we put out a plea we were a small charity we said hey if you can come and bring some some items to help these kids at Christmas we would love it um showed up and they showed up with a carload of uh items had a great conversation with Michael um anyone that knows being out there so anyway uh talked he talked about understanding the human animal bond his dog Lily had been sick and going through treatment we parted ways um a few weeks later Michael reached out again to let us know that unfortunately Lily had passed away and that it was really tough time for his family they hadn't lost a pet before and he goes this is this is a grief this is a huge process and during that time of helping these children, lots of social workers and other agencies were coming back to us saying, hey, are you a fuel behind Lily's legacy and uh, honor her memory? And they were completely on board. So um, we created Lily's Legacy in honor of Lily Backland. And to date, we've helped 117 foster children wow. in the Calgary area keep their pets when they transition.
3: Wow um that's amazing and it should be pointed out that you know because i do you know full disclosure i'm working with you on this project but you know houseless seniors veterans kids in in you know child care and and foster care and domestic abuse uh victims that's that's the core group that parachutes works with correct
0: correct yeah
3: okay so speaking of sports, 10 years ago, Sheldon Kennedy opened the Sheldon Kennedy Advocacy Center, which kind of set the bar for collaboration and really changed an institutional issue around kids in, in, you know, that were caught in some very difficult situations. You have now chosen to go forth. So tell us a little bit about what opens up on September 16th.
0: Yeah, we are opening the world's first ever pet advocacy center. So much like uh, Sheldon's model, which we've studied and learned from, we are going to be a very collaborative space. And the idea behind that is uh, pet guardians coming into this space are going to be able to get everything they need under one roof. So we find in society, owning a pet is a big barrier to a lot of things. And our space is going to be the opposite of that. That's where you're going to come when you're a pet owner to get help. So obviously, we're going to take care of the pet side of things. We've got an expanded pet food bank. We've got barrier-free education classes. Um, We're going to have grief counseling and bereavement for people who've lost their pets. Uh, Vet care assistance, Um, warming and cooling space for um, Calgary unhoused pet owners that's new there's to date if it's cold if it's smoky if it's hot and you have a pet you're going to stay out on the streets so we're going to uh, welcome them in and keep them safe Um, a pet safekeeping program you know I think we're all aware of the housing crisis in Calgary right now and if you have a pet that just makes your struggles that much harder so those are all um, things that parachutes is proud to offer but we're also proud to bring in our collaborative partners so Calgary food bank um, Aboriginal Friendship Society, um, veterans, social workers, counselors, um, we're going to have it all available under one roof. So we're not sending somebody to the Calgary Food Bank to get a human hamper, come to us to get a pet hamper. Maybe you need a housing referral and then you have to see a different social worker. So we've partnered with the University of Calgary to have some social work students come in. We've partnered with Bow Valley College to have some practicum students. We're going to have a pet thrift store and we're also going to have a pet dignity store for people that maybe can't afford what's in the thrift store, but still need items. So we're really excited.
3: And as you mentioned off the top, like this has not been done in this sector. It's, it's brand new, um, doesn't open until September, but you find yourself already caught in, you know, being an advocate that that there's already a need out there to, to, to tell people's stories that are not being heard.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, we haven't slowed down. Our regular program is still going. All we did was move into a bigger space. So uh, as you know, we've got reno's going all around us, but we're still operating and still trying to fill those gaps the best we can every single day.
3: So this is a show about volunteers, and I'm really excited about the opportunities that you have with the centre. So tell us a little bit about who or what you're looking for in terms of volunteer help.
0: Absolutely. We have a ton of volunteer availability uh, with our new space. And quite frankly, it's only going to work with volunteers. Um, It's it's a big initiative and it's going to be a community driven initiative. So, you know, we are looking from everything for people to maybe take a shift in our thrift store, Um, maybe help us sort donations for the thrift store. Maybe you want to help us put some hampers together in our pet food bank or itemize that. Um, you know, we have a vet care area. So maybe you'd like to help do some triaging when we have our vaccine days. Um, We have some administrative opportunities. If, you know, you don't really want to work directly with clients or pets, that's, that's always an option. Um, And then warming and cooling. That's going to be quite busy in the winter months as well as safekeeping. Um, There's going to be lots of, lots of roles there. So, um, and if there's anything else you think you'd like to help with, please just reach out and chat with us. We'd love to meet you, connect with you,
3: Yeah, it it really is kind of a blank slate in the sense of, you you know, as opposed to a a sport where you probably, you know, some would feel like they need to have a background in it. This is really about bringing your skills forward. I mean,
2: marketing,
3: social media, photography, art. All of it can, did you even mention like you can even use just big lugs like me to move stuff around in the, in the warehouse, right? Like there's, yes,
0: there's lots of labor work,
3: <laughs> come on <yeah>. down. <laughs> and it, is, it, is there also opportunities for, for offices or teams or businesses or groups to, to come and volunteer together?
0: Absolutely. We love group volunteers. So if you, uh, if you're looking for a good corporate bonding day, please contact us. If you know, there's two of you, if there's 20 of you, let us know. We've got jobs for everyone.
3: Um, and you know, Kevin mentioned it before, Uh, any things that we need to look out for? I know that you have a, an onboarding process, right?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have an onboarding process for sure. Um, some paperwork and Lauren, will get you all set up with that. If you reach out, um, just as protection, obviously we work with vulnerable individuals and and we want to make sure everybody is safe and protected. Um, and we've got, you know, intensive training because some of the work we do is a little bit heavy. So we, we understand that and we want to set you up for success. So, um, know we have a general process and then depending on what role you do there might be a little bit more involved but uh, we definitely want to chat with you so if you're interested reach on out
3: it's kind of appropriate to use this term but uh, is it all right if i let a couple of bag or cats out of the bag um i think (laughs) for the thrift store you know we'd be interested in working with you know, organizations that would like to give, you know, even their clients some experience in the business side and, you know, take a day, a month. And we've talked already to a couple of groups that would like to do that and come in and, you know, and get that experience. And I think experience is another thing. Like, I I think we're really talking to a lot of the college age, you know, youth that are maybe thinking about veterinarian medicine or social work or whatever. What a great opportunity to come in and get exposed to the industry, right?
0: Absolutely. Well, look at our young Jeffrey, he's the best example going.
3: Yeah, he is. He really is. (laughs) Dr. Aquarium, which uh, will make sense. So that was the other cat I was going to let out of the bag, but we'll we'll talk about Kron some (laughs) other time. But um, yeah, I mean, it's the the world really is, is right in front of anybody who would like to give back in a meaningful way. um, All kinds of opportunities. That's the cool part. Yeah, definitely is. All right, call to action. How do people find you? How do people volunteer? Where should they go? What do they need to know?
0: You betcha. Go to our website um, at www.parachutesforpets.com. There's an application. It goes right to our volunteer coordinator, Lauren. Um, She's fantastic. You'll love her. She's a little Aussie that we brought in. um, And she is just awesome. So she would love to connect with you. Um, You can also give us a call. Our number's on our website if you'd prefer that. um, Or you can email us. But either way, we will uh, get back to you.
3: And we should mention uh, a cadre of ambassadors. We mentioned Michael Backlund, uh, Brent Cron's an ambassador, Grace Dafoe is an ambassador. Lots of people that people on this show will be familiar with David Legge, uh, Darren Haynes. Uh, I'm going to miss Katrina LeMay Doan, Trent McClellan. you got some really neat and you've added one this week, too.
0: You betcha. We were very excited this week to bring Mackenzie Ueger on board. Actually, we were really excited to bring Ziggy Uyghur on board, but he had to bring his dad, Mackenzie with him. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to working with the Uyghur family as we go forward.
3: Yeah. And and for those who are wondering, not a single implication to on-ice anything. So, you know, I... I it was really interesting some of the responses on social media because the, people were looking. No, Michael invited Mackenzie in. Like that's absolutely. how that's how teammates. That's that's what's <laughs> happening here. People are learning about it, and saying you got to be part of this. So that's the really cool part.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, chatted with Michael yesterday. He's excited. He's ready. He's going to be at our grand opening on September sixteenth. So don't read anything into it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes, don't read anything uh Melissa congratulations on on what you've done so far. It's amazing. We hope that uh this inspires a few you know fifteen, ten, five four a thousand people to to get a hold of you because all all of them will help all of it all that help all that help will go to good use at the new pets advocacy center. You betcha thank you very much All right Melissa David from parachutes for bets uh, brought to you by ski seller, snowboard, ski seller, snowboard.com 76 years in Calgary. They've got the best. I mean, when you're looking, when you, you know, if you want to talk to an expert, somebody who goes down the Hill every weekend, go to ski seller, snowboard. If you want to talk to somebody who might be, you know, not that there's anything wrong with other sports, but might not be a skier. I'm, you might want to go to other places. But somebody who's, you know, invested in what you're doing and what you're asking, that's Ski Seller Snowboard, skisellersnowboard.com. Uh it is our uh it is our volunteer program. And actually, our next guest is the impetus for said program. Um, he's the one that suggested it, so you can blame him. I'll give you the email and you can send him the hate mail. Uh, I shouldn't say that. Mike Kelm is our next guest from Ringette for all. You know him better is Noah the goalie's dad and Ty, who won't let me swear is dad. Um, but, uh, ring for all is a really cool program. Mike, is it safe to say inspired by your experience in superheroes?
4: Well, you know, I'm not going to take credit, Rob. Um, our founder, Heidi Kostick, really, um, she was inspired by, uh, superheroes hockey. She came to see our kids one day, uh, participate. So Noah, the goalie and slap shot tie, as we like to call them. were out there on the ice doing their thing. And, uh, Heidi was just inspired by that, and uh, Heidi and I share a love of uh, the sport of ringette, right? We see the value in sport for all kids, and it's just been something that's been super important to us. Um, and Heidi was the person that spearheaded this, and of course she reached out to my wife Karen and I to assist with it, and we couldn't be happier with the way that things have gone over the first three years of the program.
3: So tell us about the program. Who is it aimed at? Who, who do you want participating in Ringette for All?
4: well i think the uh, name in this instance kind of uh kind of speaks for itself right we're a adaptive uh, program for uh, ringette for basically anybody that doesn't have a place to play as you know in canada it is really really difficult for some segments of our population to enter into sport and you and i have had these conversations Mm -hmm. again and again the value of being a team member and being involved in sport. Uh, so we provide that safe and inclusive space for, for all kids to be able to do that, whether they have cognitive uh, difficulties, whether they have motor disabilities, it doesn't matter. We are, uh, we are there to support those that segment of our population in uh, a way that hopefully is helpful to them. And it has been for over the last few years.
3: So wh- who did you find coming to the program or who is in the program now then? Are they, are, are they adjacent to Ring Ed? Are they, Are they, you know, sisters of, of current players? Who's participating? Well,
4: that's the really incredible thing, Rob, about our program is um, we have kids from the age of five all the way up to eighteen um and there i like to use the term emerging athletes but they've come from all different segments um we have some some family members whose siblings have played ringette in the past we've had players who have played ringette in the past but didn't find a fit or maybe didn't have the supporting coach or volunteers that they needed to help them um reach their their potential and feel as part of that team so we provided a safe and and awesome space for them as well. And I I am a big believer in taking those kids that have a little bit more uh, skill and ability because they have had experience and then working on them to become mentors for the the group. And that's something that I think is super important as we move forward. Um, And then there's just people that have not had the opportunity yet to be part of a team. And Ringette may be the conduit to that it may not have been their choice that um you know oh i I woke up today and i wanted to be a ringette player but they found a spot with us and they found a love of ringette just like i have when my daughter signed up
3: so what what do your ice times look like what is the commitment like for for a volunteer
4: great so we are a one day a week program so we we have a standardized time at Stu Handy Arena on Sundays at noon. The commitment time would be from noon till about 2, 2.30 by the time we would pack things up. Um, and it's, I can guarantee this, uh, speaking to all our volunteers, it's the best couple hours you're gonna have in your week. You're gonna leave there feeling uplifted. You're gonna leave there feeling like you have made a, a difference in, in a young athlete's life and encourage them.
3: Who are you looking for, Mike? Who are the volunteers? What are the attributes of the volunteers you're looking for?
4: Well, you know, I I sat there and listened to uh, Kevin Hodgson uh, talk earlier in your in your podcast here, and we share a lot of the same uh, beliefs when it comes to what makes a great volunteer. Uh, the big thing for me is continuity. We'd, we'd like somebody that our kids know that they can they can trust and and. Um, know they're going to be there on a week-to-week basis i mean things come up but we we do like that and our kids really really strive uh, or really are affected by that continuity of their volunteers and their coaches do they need to be a high level ringette player no they don't need to have played for team alberta um actually really all we need is somebody that knows how to put on a, a pair of skates and encourages people uh, of all different abilities to to get out there and be a good teammate we're about um, a 360 kind of philosophy when it comes to the athlete right mm-hmm. um, we like to encourage not just the athlete on the ice but the athlete in their um, communication skills outside the ice uh, we like to to support the families in the stands and a lot of times we're dealing with families that have never had an opportunity to have their child play an organized sport. So we find a lot of times we spend our...
5: Millions
0: of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads
3: and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right.
4: Volunteers spend time mentoring families on what it's like to be a, a ringette parent and what do we do? How do we cheer? How do we become part of, of the team and then do those other things? The team uh, activities that that typical stream ringette does as well. We try to recreate that for them as well. Uh,
3: a couple of questions. One, and and I should have asked this, or should brought it up with Kevin, but I'll bring it up with you. Um somebody might listen and go, Oh, you just need two or three. It's, it's not like able body sports where two or three coaches can do it. You really are looking for that almost one-to-one number. Are you not with a program like yours?
4: Well, that's, that is the the issue that a program like ours and a program like Kevin's has, right? Yep. Um, we don't know until we get our, our participants on the ice um, what they need, right? And they're going to yep. drive our volunteer need. Yep. So, we will always that is my commitment we will always have enough volunteers to support the child. And if that means that they need three on one, if that means they need two on one, if that means I can put them in a group that has, you know, three in a group with one volunteer, that's great. But we don't know that until we know that. Right. Um, I, I always say this when, when we entered into this program, we didn't know if we would spend weeks at a time just working on getting a helmet on on a kid mm-hmm. because Um, As you know, but maybe a lot of your listeners don't, sometimes the sensory uh, needs of some of our participants make it such that even just putting on a pair of ringette pants might be a very difficult thing for them. And we work with our our emerging athletes to be able to do that and, and be able to join the rest of their team on the ice. And that might be a process that takes some time, and that takes volunteers that are committed to
3: putting in that time. And you, you know, this because you've lived this being on both sides of this equation, disconnecting the parent from the athlete is important too, right? That, you know, they need, you need to build that trust. So the parent can just go be the fan and doesn't have to be on the bench and doesn't have, you know, we learned that in superheroes, it was really important to let you guys just go be parents and let us take care of the kids. And you got to build up that trust, right? Like that's a, that's part of this process too, for volunteers.
4: It really is. And, you know, it's it's funny. I've spent a lot of time being a hockey dad and being uh, a ringette dad and being that coach uh, on the bench or on the ice. And uh, when we entered uh, Superheroes, gosh, I think it was four or five years ago. Four now, years
3: ago the, now, yeah. No,
4: the goalie, but yeah. Yep. So um, Kevin told us right off the top that we'd be sitting in the stands and, and cheering on our, our kid. And I didn't know what to do. And it took me a long time to – to sit back and relax and and really be able to watch and enjoy and soak it in and talk to other parents over a coffee and um, I think that that is a really valuable part of a program like ours where we, we are very focused on making sure that we don't um, get a volunteer commitment from our our uh families some of them have stepped up and done bottle drives for us and done other uh events to try to support the program which is fantastic but in the the game day practice day um sort of scenario we don't we don't want them on the bench we would like them to sit back and just be pure fans and pure parents and uh, i think that's very important much like our program, we don't charge our registration fee, and mm-hmm. as far as as long as I'm with us, we're not going to because right. we want to make sure that that's not a barrier for our our participants. We want them on the ice, and we want to offer that at a way that doesn't limit their their ability to join.
3: This is a big year for Ringette and Calgary, right? The Golden Rings are here, so we're going to be talking a lot about Ringette in our city this year.
4: Well, yeah. So last year we had the Canadian ring at championships within the city and it was yep. a fantastic event. Um, I really encourage it. Don't have the, in the wonderful age of YouTube, I would, I would look for some uh, high level ring on, on YouTube and get to know the sport because it is fast and it is fun and it is amazing. And um, you know, it is a, it is referred to as a female sport. That being said, there are males that play ringette. Um, there are males in our program. In fact, there's cross-athletes cross in our program. We have uh, AJ from that's right. hockey who plays both hockey and ringette, and he's a fantastic driver. And there, baseball. Of oh, And, 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 and he's parachutes
3: year. for pets number one ambassador. I mean, he's AJ's that's, everybody. That's,
4: yeah, so uh, getting back to, to the ringette, we... There is great ringette being played in the city, and I would encourage people to go out and and see the sport for what it is, which is a fantastic, um, inclusive, wonderful sport for most.
3: All right, who are you looking for? Who do you need, and how can they get a hold of you? Give me the call to action here, Mike. All right, Rob. Well, we need volunteers. Clearly, we
4: need, and we need. I'm looking for as many as we can muster, um, but we need people that can tie on a a set of skates and are passionate about working with people of all abilities. Um, You need to have patience, but I can teach you the rest. I don't need you to to know all the ringette rules. I need you to know how to communicate effectively with with individuals. Uh, You can reach us through social media. We're on we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram and we're on Twitter. I don't know if you want me to go through all of that for you.
3: Well, I mean, give us the website. I mean, it's yeah, it's a water. simple ring at for all google, right? That's all we do now. We just Google stuff. But what's the website? Yeah,
4: right? uh, absolutely. So the website is uh ring at for all calgary uh ca, or you can go to ring at uh calgary and you'll find a link to us directly there.
3: Okay, okay. And um, for for
4: people looking to volunteer. We uh, we can be reached via or I can be reached via email at rfa at ring at calgary Okay, uh, and then I have a phone number that they can call dir- myself directly to, and that's four zero three nine zero seven zero four two one.
3: Perfect. Well, your fries arrived, so I want to leave you so you can eat your lunch now. Uh, but more yeah, importantly, that I wanted
4: beautiful Victoria.
3: I was going to say I wanted to thank your beautiful bride for allowing us to borrow you on a a very special weekend away. I know so that's your dedication to the youth of our city. I appreciate that, Mike. This is great, and and I, thanks for this idea because I think I'm hoping today we do a lot of good. I'm hoping we infuse a whole bunch of new people into into sports and pets and officiating and everything.
4: Well, I'm I'm thankful for the opportunity to speak about a program, and and it was just great of you to be able to do this
3: for us. All right. Enjoy the rest of your vacation. Will do. Take care. All right, buddy. Mike Kelm from Ringette for All. Another opportunity. Uh again, if you're a former Ringette player or you've been around the game, um, I coached my wife in Ringette in Fort McMurray once. That's a whole other show. Um, quite honestly. Oh, they're still I'm still paying prices for that stuff. You don't yell at your wife to to work harder. That that I learned. Um just didn't go over very well. I've since become much wiser. Um, we continue with our program uh, with another guest brought to you by Ski Seller Snowboard. snowboard.com is the website. He is my new bestest friend in the whole world. Uh, because I love what he does, I love who he is, and I love what he represents. Ian Pollard from the—he's the president of the Calgary Basketball Officials Association—and all. Uh, in fairness, uh, we got to know each other through the Calgary Surge, and the officials have been out at every single surge game this year. Um, there is a as a, a public service, so they're happy to talk to people about calls. But Ian, um, first of all, thanks for doing this. But second of all. You, you know, here we are with officials. We need bodies, don't we? I mean, basketball
1: is growing. So if basketball is growing, we need more people to, to officiate. Oh, absolutely, Rob. And thanks for having us today. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here on your show and, and, and talk about what our needs are going forward as, the, as the game continues to grow. It was, it's awesome to be involved with the Calgary surge and it's, Oh, just a wonderful environment to get out there and engage in a, in a way that is new for CBOA. And it's been a, it's been a blast at the games and we're looking forward to Sunday night with the playoff game. <laughs> yeah, and So, so we and, will definitely be there. So. And have you had
3: some people sign up?
1: We've actually, I'm really, really happy with the engagement that we've had from the public. Uh, it's I haven't checked the numbers today, but We are getting people engaging through our, through our drive at the, at the surge. Last I checked, we were probably at about 30 people that have signed up through our different contacts. So it's been absolutely fantastic.
3: Well, I tip my hat to you because you've taken a very um, respectful, fun tack to this. Like you, you haven't. You know, it's easy to say the sky is falling, and and you and I both know that's the reality. I mean, that's sport wide. We know we have an official crisis, but you've chosen a different path. You've chosen education. You've chosen engagement. But you've also chosen to kind of promote what basketball officiating has. That maybe some other. And, and I know this isn't necessarily your main thing, but I love talking to you about this. It's one of the few things that a mom and a daughter, a father and a daughter, father and a son could do
1: together in the first year, right? Absolutely. Like I look at my personal history, I've been a basketball referee in the province for almost 30 years now when I when I actually think about it. And I actually, my dad got me started and I could remember going to games when I, even before I could drive and we would go referee games in Edmonton together. And, and after I was working, my, my brothers all work and referee at a fairly high level as well now. And, one brother's in Ontario, refereeing in London, and my other brother's up in Edmonton. He referees university basketball there. So it's definitely a, a huge family affair. And even locally, we have lots of moms and dads and daughters and sons that are involved in our association. It's just a, a great way to stay in, involved as a family. And, and if you're passionate about it and you've got that family passion like my family does, it's just an amazing way to share one more experience out on the floor.
3: And there is a path forward, right? Like, you know, it's, it's, it's what the person needs. It's what the individual needs. But if they wanted to chase a dream here, that's completely possible, isn't it? Uh-oh, did Ian freeze or
1: is he staring at me? or a 14 year old referee. And you've got desires to referee at the highest levels, the NBA. There's a path forward to there. We've got a, a wonderful member of the a- from Alberta that's actually an NBA referee. His first season was last season. We had representation at the different Olympic Games and World Championships, so the sky's the limit for anybody that has the talent and can be identified. And that's really what we're looking for, is the people that are passionate about the game and want to be involved in the officiating side and may be looking for opportunities to develop and, and improve and move forward into those higher levels
3: so let's talk about some basics here. Do, you know, do I have to have played basketball competitively to become
1: an official? It's, it's an advantage for sure, but absolutely not. If you, Mm -hmm. if you just have an, a, a passion for the game, even a fan that wants to, go and learn basketball we have a wonderful mentorship program through cboa that experienced referees will work with and educate It's it's an ongoing education process when it comes to that and and ultimately we're just trying to get better as referees so whether you're the first year guy that is just coming in and is working primarily grassroots and the junior high level we're we're there to support that development and and tweak and and move for people forward through our through the different programs that we do have
3: so, okay. And that's my next question. So, okay. I volunteer, I take the course. Do I coach the dinos against Mount or do I ref
1: the dinos in the Mount Royal? Where do I start?
2: Well,
1: we really try to assign games to people based on their ability. If you have okay. that ability as a first or second year referee that you could be in a competitive high school game. And we've recognized that we'll pair you up with somebody that's got a little bit more experience to make sure that you're there, are not over your head as it were yep. but in your first year are you going to be working the dinos basketball you would have to be really really good <laughs> at basketball to, in order to do that but yeah. it, uh, the possibility is there but no we really do want people to be successful so yes we do right. start them at the at the grassroots and with the younger age levels but as you move forward through and as we identify you with the skill and the ability you we give you more challenges because that's what that's part of the growth. You don't want to be stuck yeah. in that one spot for, the, for your entire basketball career. But if, hey, we've got people that want to referee junior high because they just like working with the younger kids sure. and they're tr- wonderful, wonderful referees, but they just don't have any interest in working any higher level. And we've got lots of referees that are at the junior high level that want to work high school, that want to work college and university. So, the the goal setting is such an individual thing when it comes to Mm -hmm. referees and and we're there to help everybody as an executive and as an association.
3: But unlike a certain boss I used to have in my life, you're not throwing me into the deep end right off the get go. We
1: try not to, uh, we we try not to, but when we do identify the talents and we think that people are ready to get out of the kiddie pool and into the deep end, we'll, we'll give them that opportunity to either sink or swim but of course we're there to support and make sure that if they are sinking that we're there to help pull them up and get their heads above water
3: so what's the the process the education how how do i start what's it look like what what should be my expectation to learn how to be a basketball official
1: we right now, our director of uh, education is putting together an online program. So it, it's going to be a weekly program here starting hopefully soon in in August, because we are starting our, our public junior high season in, in September. So we want to have referees ready for that. But we do a fair amount of classroom work online uh, through Zoom, through um, Google Meet. And there, then we get you out on the floor in a in a controlled environment in a, in a in a local gym here on on a on a weekend or in an, in the evening so there's definitely some on the floor things that we do need to go through but a lot of it's self study as well i mean mm-hmm. there's wonderful resources if you even just to get to the The rule book and you want to learn the rules you could go to the FIBA website the international website and download the current rule book and get into that and start understanding the the rules because of course that's part of being a referee you need to know the rules and it doesn't matter what sport that's in it's just we're talking basketball today Um, little things like that understanding your what we call the IOTs which are the individual fishing techniques there's a whole manual on that so if people want to do their self-guided study that material is out there available for free from the FIBO website.
3: That's so, amazing. Um, let's talk about the elephant in the room, retention. Mm-hmm. You do it, you oversee it, you're the president. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, how thick a skin do I have to have to,
1: to be an official? That's a hard question, Rob, because honestly, it's it's getting harder. It, it, it really is. I think with the with the advent of social media the advent of cameras on every phones and we're dissected um, at the end of the day it's twofold we we go out we try to do our best job in the world that we can do uh, but people are getting competitive and people are just a little bit over the top and we see a lot of people that are hanging it up hanging their whistles up in the first three to five years because of the unfortunate abuse that people are getting from not so much players and fan or coaches, but more so the fans, more so Mm -hmm. the, the people that are observing. And it's just an unfortunate, unfortunate reality that we're facing. So yes, you've got to have that mental toughness to be able to push through. But of course, our association is very supportive right our partners organizations are extremely supportive it doesn't matter if it's club or the high schools or men's and women's league if they face that they help us deal with all that when it comes to people that aren't their observers and not necessarily the participants yeah. but so we tried very hard to make sure that our people are protected when it comes it, to, the, and to and to get the those support right? interactions and get the support for sure yeah yeah absolutely
3: um, I'm excited because, uh, the Calgary basketball officials association has teamed with kids sport Calgary and you're part of project yeah. ref, um, Yes, getting kids in from the kids sport program and, and getting them educated. Um, uh, just a, a thought, cause I, I've, and you and I've had this conversation, but I, I'm a big believer that, you know, our elite stream athletes or anybody that's getting something out of this game has a responsibility to give back to it at some point. Do you get a lot of former players or, or, or that, that, that come back and give back to the sport?
1: Lots of players and lots of coaches. They're hmm. looking a way, They're looking for a way to stay engaged in the game once their playing careers are are done. Uh, it, it's just a different tact, and it. Lots of players and lots lots of coaches that have that I've talked to. They've extended their career in basketball by twenty twenty five years. by becoming a referee. You know, when you think about until this year with the CBL, or I should say five years ago with the CBL the pathway for a university player or a college player after their four or five years at that level, the highest levels of basketball in Canada was to go overseas. There wasn't really those opportunities outside. So a lot of those guys would say, well, I don't want to leave home. So how do I stay in, involved? And they would become referees. And we, we do see that. It's probably not as much as we'd like, honestly, sure. but they're Tremendous, tremendous people because they have that competitive edge and they played at that level. So, of course, knowing what to expect when they have played at an elite elite level helps, but certainly not a prerequisite for having people come out and referee.
3: Ian, I kind of alluded to this off the top, and one of the the great, uh, I thought, you know, graphics or or posters that you have is is the one that shows the growth and the amount of teams in Calgary we've seen a Mm -hmm. bit of an explosion in basketball
1: haven't we yeah we certainly have this year um when I looked at our numbers when I was doing our our media or our presentations for our at the search games I couldn't believe it we're just shy of 9,000 games that we've refereed as an association this year and I know that's not just all the basketball that's going on that's yeah. just games that the, the the Calgary Basketball Officials Association's work. We've got a tremendous group and a tremendous partner with the Calgary Minor Basketball Association, and they're running games all the time. There's other groups out there that are that we know. So that the growth of the game is just, just tremendous, for sure.
3: So somebody's listening today and says, you know what, I, I want to give back to my community. Now, we should point out, if I'm correct about this, this might be the only volunteer position that I'm going to profile today that actually can get paid.
1: Yep, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we, we, we pay people for their time. We charge our, uh, we charge our clients uh, a, a game fee to have referees there. And uh, we certainly, pa- we don't keep that. We are passing that back to our members. And so as a secondary kind of volunteer hobby income. It's a, it's a great way to save up for students that are looking to, for something that they can, do their own scheduling on where they're not linked to a part-time job somewhere, uh, for people such as me that like to go on vacation. So they can have a little bit of spending money in the, mm-hmm. in, in our pockets. It's, uh, it's all based on the number of games that you referee. The more games you referee, the, the more money you can make for sure that that's about definitely an opportunity there. All
3: right. So how can people get involved? How can they find you? What do they need to know? How can we get
1: people into officiating basketball in Calgary? So the absolute best way that people can to contact us is to go right to our website, www.cboa.ca. And in the contact session, there's a big blue button that says BRF. That'll take you to a online form that you can fill out. We'll grab your contact information. And once we've got that information, we'll definitely be sharing our clinic dates and our training sessions. And we'll get you up and rolling when it comes to getting you involved and getting people out on the floor and
3: refereeing. This is awesome. Ian, I appreciate this. Thank you very much. And thanks for sharing that. I'm excited to hear that people have been signing up. That's, that's what we were hoping to do. And you know, it's that call to action and getting people involved. And if you want to grow a sport, there's lots of ways to be involved in officiating. Again, it's a scrimmage if there's no officials,
1: right? It's only a game if there's officials absolutely right and it doesn't matter what sport and i'll advocate for any sport that people are involved in whether it's baseball football hockey fishing is such a key part of any any sport that go if you've got that interest and you've got that passion consider it and and be part of that game it's it's hugely important part of the game for sure we're looking Ian, forward to see,
3: yes, seeing see you yes on sunday
1: yes see you on sunday for sure well i will, I will be there so. you're the you're the best thanks for doing this pal yeah thanks bud i appreciate it
3: ian pollard the president of the calgary basketball officials association uh again brought to you by ski seller snowboard ski not quite volunteering because you could you could uh, put a little bit of money in your jeans, and I'm really excited about Project Ref, which I'm a spokesperson for with Kidsport. And Kevin Webster from Kidsport will be on with us a little while, um, but not not before our next guest. No, no. Uh, I would not do this show without our next guest. She's one of my new best friends. Uh, would you please welcome uh, from the uh, I, Adapted Hub, powered by Jumpstart, uh, our friend Ashley Fox. Hello, Ashley. How are you? oh I can't hear you oh there we go there airing. we go perfect
5: thanks thanks so much for uh for including us today um so much of what I've already heard and uh so much of what your platform is about certainly is in line with calgary adapted Hub so thank you
3: well and let's t- let's start there let's talk about the adapted hub mm-hmm. because I believe it's our best kept secret in sport and I want to change that Ooh.
5: Ooh, hey, I, hey! I like that, um, and certainly so happy to share about it. And uh, you know, you you highlighted that powered by JumpStart piece, and and so again with with uh, you know the utmost gratitude that um, thanks to our co chairs, Dr. David Leg um, and uh, not ben him, Henry, not, 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 right? The
3: other guy, but not yeah. not Legg. I know.
5: Yeah, <laughs> 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 they approached JumpStart, um, you know, back earlier 2019, and thanks to JumpStart support starting in 2020. Um, we really started moving towards what collaborative, what a collaborative approach could look like uh, with a clear vision to have quality sport and physical activity experiences for children and youth living with disabilities in our community. Um, So what that collaborative piece um, I'll hopefully highlight that in some of the ways Mm -hmm. that we're working, uh, but certainly just looking at knowing that we're stronger together and that thanks to our numerous, both funded partners and our community partners uh, we can make it so that our folks and our friends living with disabilities in our communities can have meaningful and quality physical activity experiences. Um, and I can't highlight that enough, is that, um, you know, I'll quote Dr. Nancy Spencer reminding us that inclusion is a value and not a strategy, yes. and that we really need to be thinking about how and what we're offering. Um, and, and so again, so you know, a, a really strong mission, a really great group of people, and um, yeah, Maybe I like that. Our best kept secret because the momentum is really building.
3: Yeah. And I don't want you to be a secret anymore because, you know, my journey in learning about adapted sport, you know, a lot of it has to do with superheroes. A lot of it's informed by mm-hmm. Ringette for All, but it's also my conversations with Dr. Leg, and and he has a vested interest in it. He's, you know, been on the Paralympic Committee. Um, you know, we talk about DEI, everybody wants to talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, but it's so often it's a, a, a race or a gender issue, but we also have to include, uh, you know, abilities and it bothers me that, oh, well, there's para hockey for, you know, people, if you want to play sledge hockey, how much of the sledges again, like, you know, cost in this, in this sector is very
1: prohibitive. Yeah. Or can yeah. And
5: and, and uh, Rob, right there, yeah, I think you've just highlighted pr- one of the main reasons we want to work collectively on this mm-hmm. is that the barriers that exist, exist in sport, right? We could have a whole other podcast conversation yep. about barriers that exist, yet the value is so high. We really want those experiences for children, youth, and people of all ages. Um, but we know that our friends that are living with a disability, that the barriers are greater. So if we work collaboratively, Can we help to reduce that Um, and make sure that we, you know, in a family, this was um, Jeff book, the CEO at MNP community sports center, one of our partners. He said to me, the day that I started in this role, they want to have every family when they walk through the door, have something for everybody to participate. Mm -hmm. So if that's our mindset, I think we can um, really forge forward with
3: that. So collaborate collaboration. How do you, how do you get kids involved? How do you recruit families to find the sports that maybe they didn't know were there?
5: Yeah, great question. And so one of the services that the Calgary Adaptive Hub offers is a family navigation program. So what that means is a family can reach out to us, tell us a little bit about their child um, and maybe some of the things that they've had past experience with, some of the barriers that they're encountering and what they would, you know, what their hopes and wishes would be for the child to experience. Um, that can be everybody from age two to 24. So quite, quite a wide, um, age range there.
3: Thank and you then, for that. By the way, I'm getting a little tired of 18 somehow being this arbitrary cutoff for life. Right? Um, it, yes, no, uh, beautiful. And,
5: and, I'm you know, glad to hear it. For friends with disabilities. A lot of things cut off at 18. And again, believing in the power that sport has, we're hoping that that can be a, a healthy transition, Yeah. right? While other services maybe change. If we can find um, a sport and space to belong in community, hopefully we can help with that a little bit as well. Um, so in that collaboration though, in that process, uh, we can help uh, families through that program navigation, um, but we also help by you know, talking amongst all of the program partners to say, hey, you might have open spots there, or this is the approach we're taking in our programming. Um, you know, How do we make sure that there are some options for everybody? So just to highlight a, f- a few of the great programs that our partners are offering and will be offering this year, all of which have volunteer opportunities. So cool. I'll, I'll set that stage right away too. Yep. Um, both Mount Royal University and the University of Calgary run what are called Kappa and APAC. So Children's Activity Programs, um, MNP Community Sports Center runs active energizers. Um, Wind Sport runs a multi-sport adapted program to which is uh, really encourages mixed ability. So for people to bring um, their friends who maybe don't have an impairment, a family Mm -hmm. member, right? Really building community in a program like that. Um, And one of the other things we've seen that's been really cool is that Sport Calgary's all-sport one-day events have offered hundreds of spots uh, both in June and coming up next weekend in August uh, that have adapted or partially adapted sessions as well. So when it comes to looking at, you know, how can we help somebody find those, find what's meaningful for them, either as a participant or in this context, perhaps a volunteer, can we help weave them into something that, that is the right fit.
3: So let's drill down a little bit on the volunteer. What, I mean, you you sound a little bit like parachutes for pets, like, what do you want to do? Because there's lots of opportunities, right? Yeah.
5: Yeah, And so that would definitely be a question. Um, Coming from a long-standing family of volunteerism and growing up in a small Saskatchewan community, uh, you know, much like power of sport, power of volunteerism is, you know, they very much coexist. And so I think it does have to be meaningful. That volunteer commitment has to, it has to, you know, there has to be a spark or something that's feeding you as well. So we will definitely ask that question. And then I think the other thing is, is what do you, you know, what experience maybe do you have that would help us to enhance as we continue to learn more about inclusive programming? And then or what do you want to learn? So um, in -hmm. most contexts Rob, probably the easiest thing to say is, There is a lot of programming that runs, you know, maybe six week, eight week intervals, one hour to 90 minutes at a time. That would be the most traditional type of volunteer capacity. Um, We do have a full operational research team as well as a community advisory team. So maybe there's somebody listening today that isn't necessarily going, you know, interested in working with a seven or eight year old who's uh, embarking on a physical activity journey, but rather would like to give some of their other passion and experience experience. Um, through both research or community, the community advisory voice, Uh, we would definitely welcome that as well. Um, Tell me a little bit about the research.
3: That's interesting to me. That's the first time I've, I mean, I've Mm -hmm. seen board work before, but tell me a little bit about volunteer research work. That's very interesting.
5: Sure. So, yeah, we do. um, We have a a University of Calgary is home to our research team. Mm -hmm. We have a a community and knowledge translation coordinator that works with Calgary Adaptive Hub. Um, And we are, what we're looking to do is recruit participants that are in the programs and help us inform, you know, what future work looks like with the hub and beyond, right, so that we can share that knowledge. Uh, But what that volunteer work might look like is helping with the data collection, helping with recruitment, um, attending research uh, symposiums. We run a a monthly series of research symposiums. Uh, So if anybody was interested in that um, line of work as well, that might be uh, another opportunity.
3: It sounds to me, and I don't want to make an generalization, but a great place to come if you're thinking about a career in a related field, right? This is a, you know, I, as a broadcaster, we were always looking for that first radio job or that first, I would have killed, well, I did. I mean, I volunteered at a local cable station. It seems to me that if, if you're orientated in, in some of these fields, this is a great place to start.
5: Yeah, definitely. And you know what, we are always open to a conversation as well. So even if that's what it is, is the spark, right? Maybe it's just a spark about wanting to learn more about accessible or inclusive uh, sport and physical activity. Just shoot us a note, get on our newsletter list, start to see. uh, We highlight uh, through a monthly series as well, the impacts for inclusion. So people and organizations in the community that are um, that are really taking this on and, and asking folks with lived experience, what do you need? What do you, what is, what does this look like for you? What would, what would great sport look like? Right. Um, and maybe what's available and what's not. Um, so yeah, always welcome a conversation in that. In that I, I,
3: I hate to use the word clearinghouse. That's not what I mean, but are you a connector at all for some of your partners? I mean, who who may need volunteers? Is that another option here?
5: Definitely. Definitely. And we're just, we're on the brink of um, launching a membership model so that somebody can sign up as a volunteer so that we can help to streamline them. Because, um, you know, as we know, between both social media and email inboxes filling up and sometimes things get missed. Uh, so definitely we would love to help um, help be the connector there as well.
3: What's the, you know, you've alluded to a couple of programs and this program that you're launching, but give me a sense of the next couple of years. What, you know, as you inherit this um, and move forward, what are the next couple of years of the Adapted Hub look like?
5: Yeah, so I think um, uh, the the gleaming star for us right now, with a lot of excitement, is that year four, which has come this fall, is for us. Uh, we will be welcoming five new partners to our to our core group. Um, again, I mentioned before, we have a lot of community partners that we value really highly as well. Um, but around around that, you know, just the hub itself, we'll be welcoming Vakova, uh, Genesis Center, Calgary YMCA our friends at Siksika Health on Siksika First Nation, and at Sutina First Nation. Um, and so I think, Rob, really, it's around also diversifying what we offer, right? Yeah. So so not only looking at our traditional sport and rec spaces, um, but also into some of our communities, both with our newcomers, um, looking to our friends in our Indigenous communities, and, and what else do we need to be doing to best serve uh, children and youth with disabilities?
3: Is there an a, uh, is there a Edmonton adapted hub or a Regina adapted hub? Where, where do we fit in the, in the country when it comes to facilitating adapted sport?
5: Yeah. We, you know, we really look to our friends in Victoria uh, uh, through one okay. ability. They have a really similar uh, model. Uh, Andrea Carey is their executive director. And then uh, the ability center in Durham, um, they have an actual like physical structure. So uh, mm-hmm. we have lots to learn from those folks. And then there is a hub starting in Ottawa, but that's about it. Um, so that would be another thing, you know, over the next couple of years, we would be more than happy to work alongside other communities that are finding, um, that, that there's that need for collective impact and that they want to be working more collaboratively. Um, you you know, a lot of the organizations that we work with, um, at times can be running on fumes. And so we know volunteer power is really important there. Um, but we also know that collective work can really be helpful in that as well.
3: So Ashley, somebody's listening today and says that's the place that I'd like to give my time. What's how do they get a hold of you? How do they find you? How do they how do they begin to that journey of volunteering with you?
5: Yeah, uh, so I, I just maybe I'll plug that as as far as if they're listening today and there is that spark. Uh, the most you know current and imminent uh, need for volunteers are with our friends at Vacova in their adapted okay. recreation program uh, at the University of Calgary in their adapted physical activity program. Um, And then Winsport will be firing up their programs again in the fall. So I'm sure there's some um, some need there. So just some specifics on that piece. Getting in touch, though, please follow us on social. Um, It's at YYC Adapted Hub on social platforms. Uh, Our website is calgaryadaptedhub.com. When you get on there, the Join the Newsletter is at the bottom of the page. Um, But hopefully you'll be able to kind of get a little bit more about the organization um, and my email address is on there as well. And again, would really welcome all of those conversations um to go forward.
3: So this is month number six for you or so? How's how yeah, well, is it, how's the transition been?
5: Yeah, you know, Rob, I uh every day starts and ends with a lot of gratitude. The people that work in this space, um, you know, I've worked in physical activity and sport for the last 20 years and um the learning that I've had and the passion that is poured into the work that, that the folks do that I've had the pleasure of working with over the last nine months. Um, nothing short of amazing. So yeah, a lot of gratitude and a lot of excitement and a lot of energy for, um, for what's to come.
3: Oh, it's awesome. Appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. Continued yeah. success over there. Uh, we will stay in touch, but thanks for, uh, thanks for giving us a little insight.
5: Yeah. Thanks so much, Rob. Have a great weekend.
3: You betcha. Ashley Fox from the Adapted Hub, powered by Jumpstart, of course, joining us, uh, courtesy of our friends at Ski Cellar Snowboard, skisellersnowboard.com, 76 years in Calgary, four locations, all of which are about to open at the end of this month as we roll into the winter months, um, of which there is Adapted Skiing and Snowboarding, too, we should point out. Um, So we certainly want to take advantage of those opportunities, Uh, but yeah. We couldn't do any of this without our good friends over at skisellers snowboard.com. As we await our next guest and he's going to get a tongue lashing for me. I don't know why he's late. Um, Did he confirm though? Did we get an email from Kevin? I don't know. Let me look, you you don't, I I think it's it's possible that I might have just said he's coming and he never (laughs) got back to it. Um, I do want to, you know, again, rift on the beginning of this show about, Um, you know, the decision yesterday by the uh, provincial government to pull any funding from the Commonwealth Games, thus ending that bid. Um, We do have a major event coming, which is the Special Olympics Winter Games, which are next February into March. Speaking of volunteers, if your um, orientation is more of an event, I'm sure Karen Domey and Cheryl Bernard over at the uh, Winter Olympics, uh, Winter Special Olympics. Would love to have you. I know there's going to be a great need for volunteers there, a big need for volunteers. Um, so we eagerly await um the opportunity to talk about that. I'm sure that's coming up as well. So as we've been on this journey today, presenting you these options and opportunities, if you so choose, if you want to be, and I'm not guilting anybody. If you want to be service, here's some service to your community. Here's here's some opportunities. I I present them only as as options. People, uh, I I get questions all the time. I'm thinking about giving back. Where, Where am I best suited? What do you want to do? How can you help? It's Calgary. This is what we do. We volunteer. Did you find him he hasn't sent anything so so it's did, quite possible did you sign him up i any? might have signed kevin webster up and not told him uh so <laughs> if anybody's listening to the live stream and knows kevin you might want to give him a call but i think he's he i'm worried he's on holidays now so i um recently stepped down from the board at KidSport sport and and the sports bank but i i can do this this is no problem um so I'll get it started, and hopefully Webby will join us here in in the next couple of minutes. I should. Uh, uh, oh no, that's the graphic. <laughs> I got excited because I saw the Kidsport logo. Oh, there he is. He has this nice little background. Um, but anyway, let's let's talk a little bit about Kidsport Calgary. Which, uh, by the way, um, thanks to the generosity of Calgarians and thanks to the hard work of Kevin Webster and his staff, like uh, they they are incredible. Uh, Kidsport Calgary. Is the biggest chapter in all of Canada, and that comes in a, a couple of different forms. Um, it comes in money raised, but also money distributed and kids helped and equipment out. Uh, I believe Sports Central may up in Edmonton may still have a little bit of a slight lead in terms of um, in in terms of uh, volume of equipment, but it's a little bit of a different shop and a mo- little more established. But in, in just in the last number of years, post-COVID, um, you know, the uh, amount that is given to families or, or dedicated to families um, has gone up. Um, the volume of, of kids has gone up. Um, these are all good things. The, the bad thing, if you like that, is it's the number staggering of kids that could um, use the help that, that are still aren't accessing it. Um, and so that's part of the mandate of Kidsport sport is finding ways to connect with the community, find who, who, who's out there that can use Kidsport's sports help that, that doesn't necessarily get it, doesn't necessarily find it. Um, so that, that is certainly part of the, uh, mandate, um, as well as sports bank, which has kind of come under the uh, auspices of Kidsport. sport, uh, Brody and the gang do a great job there. They are always looking for volunteers. Um, they always need help in intaking and cleaning and uh, drives, but also in in helping get kids into the equipment they need. Um, they have fitting days. Matter of fact, uh, last time I talked to Kevin, which was a couple of days ago, um, he he was in the middle of. Uh, I think they were doing thirty or forty kids uh, two days ago. So they can always use volunteers. And that's a great place as well for teams and businesses or organizations that want to do a a group volunteer. You can certainly do it with the sports bank. And and all you have to do is go to their website. Uh, Kids Sport is always looking for volunteers um, to help with uh, events. Um, kids sport is uh, present at, I believe over a hundred events a year. So they need people to help sell 50 fifties. They need people to sell raffle tickets. Uh, Eric Francis's pizza pig out needs uh, volunteers. Uh, Brian Burke's targets for kids needs volunteers. Um, the golf tournaments in the city are unbelievable in their support of kids sport. So we can always use people who just want to come and raise the flag and, and talk a little bit about the work and the kids that we help in the community, uh, you know, we mentioned within a couple of minutes ago uh, with the Basketball Officials Association, Project Ref, which is very near and dear to my heart As we um, now allow kids who are getting kids sport funding to get part time jobs by giving them the resources to become officials, the equipment that they need and the education that they need. And then they can not only can they go back, but. You know they can play a sport, but you know they can also get a part-time job out of it, which I think is incredible. And that's under the leadership of our good friend uh, Kevin Webster. So I am not personally taking it as a slight. Um, I'm pretty sure Jack's right that I just thought he was going to be here uh, and took advantage, uh, or uh, sorry, uh, yeah, took advantage of him, quite honestly. But we'll give them the love anyway that they deserve because they're pretty incredible. Uh, Kids Sport Calgary and the Calgary flames sports bank, two resources that can always use bodies. that can always use help. If you can uh, make sure you reach out to them. Um, now I'm going to go in a different direction and maybe Kevin's going to join us. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> but I think I owe him an apology, but hopefully we given him a little publicity. <sighs> um, and I mentioned special Olympics. So, you know, all of these groups today need volunteers, uh, special Olympics winter games needs volunteers. I do this only not in a way to admonish anybody. I'm not trying to make anybody feel guilty. Exactly the opposite. This is an incredible city for volunteering. I just want to present some opportunities that maybe you, your kids, your family, your neighbors, your business, or whatever can use. We're going to break up all these interviews and post them individually. Um, but certainly, uh, appreciate everybody. Um, you know, taking the time today and uh, maybe investigating, asking some questions. There's nothing wrong with asking a few questions. Um, some good news. Bef- no, let's do it this way. Um, the opposite of that. Um, tough couple of days in this city. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we lost Dan Carson, longtime uh, radio uh, personality and and voice of the Calgary Stampeders in in stadium. A couple of days ago, uh, my alma mater, my uh, alumni Rogers, uh, lost Chris Bowen. Um, Chris, uh, at the just tragically at the age of 37, um, I don't want to, please don't want to give the impression that, uh, you know, I, I knew him to see him. He knew me to see me. We worked in the same building. Um, but he was beloved by the news staff. He was beloved by the people that worked with him. Um, it's just, it's tough watching a young guy like that. Um, that was so much promise and, and he was so good at his craft Um, when I look at this picture, um, I get angry because, uh, it's real easy to hate on the media. I get that part. Um, and it's real easy to say they got an agenda and all that crap. Um, but I think of how hard these kids work to bring news every day and how passionate they are about news. And and Chris was right in that group. Um, so obviously we want to, you know, extend our condolences to his family and definitely to his friends and, and of, of which there are many, many, many. Um, and the other law, and this one too, um, was not expecting this. Um, we have to say goodbye to mud. Uh, Bob Murdoch, uh, passed away, former flame, uh, former coach, a huge part of the flames alumni. Um, I, 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 I bump into him every once in a while, Uh, we were friendly for sure. Um, I'm not a dear friend. I'm not, uh, not close or anything like that, but I have a ton of respect for Bob Murdoch. Uh, and, and part of that is, is informed by how much respect his teammates and his alumni friends have for him. He was always a guy that they respected and, and, and thought very highly of and carried himself in that way. Um, yeah, it's it's hard, uh, uh, always is, and and the right words escape me in a situation like this. But I certainly want to um, make mention of of Bob and his passing, and and pass along all of our condolences and our thoughts to the uh, Calgary Flames alumni and his family, of course. One last thing before we uh, go: uh, no show on Monday because of the long weekend. A week from today will be our Smackdown special show with VP. Don't call him anything other than that. You got a, you got a title and a raise. Uh, VP of retail at CSEC uh, and our dear friend Brent Gibbs will join us for our SmackDown show. Uh, this Sunday, if you're so inclined, we have playoff basketball in the city. The Calgary Surge are watching with great interest tonight in Winnipeg as the Edmonton Sting and Sting or Stingers. Sting, we, we had this conversation. Stingers, right? Yeah, I think so. Em, Eminent, Eminen, Edmonton, and the Sea Bears. And the C bears. the winner of that game, uh, comes to win sports 7 o'clock on Sunday. Um, if you don't have your tickets, get them now. I anticipate a sellout. Um, if you have not been, get them and come and see what it's all about so you're prepared for next year. Um, it's been a huge, huge, huge honor to, to be part working on the community stuff but getting to come to the games and and watch the staff and the players and the coaches do their thing this is this has been incredible so if you can um, certainly uh, make your way to win sport on on Sunday at 7 o'clock enjoy the long weekend thanks to everybody Kevin Hodgson from Heroes Hockey and Superheroes Uh, Melissa David from Parachutes for Pets Mike Kelm from Ringette for All Ian Pollard from the Calgary Basketball Officials Association Ashley Fox from the adapted hub powered by jumpstart. And um, it, it, I meant to invite Kevin Webster. I'm not hundred percent sure that I did now. I'm, I'm really starting to have those second thoughts, but Kidsport sport and the uh, sports equipment bank can certainly use your support. Uh, thanks to Jack who did an amazing job putting the show together without him. I am nothing. Um, and we're back in a week. We're back in a week. Uh, take care of everybody. Be good to yourself. Thanks guys.